Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. and Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. But let me let me just read that one more time. Let me just say that because it's embedded in my spirit. It's in my heart. I mean, every word of it is not just something to be said, but we do. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful really emphasizing the word faithful as an action we're bold not bold to tell somebody off and use the scripture like a hammer or anything but bold in living the word of god you know where paul said present your bodies as living sacrifices holy and acceptable unto the lord this is your reasonable service be bold and live a sanctified life for the lord we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Now, there are some times that you just don't feel like it. Now, I don't know anyone that's, that will tell you, well, I always feel like if they always somebody not telling you the truth, because there are just sometimes that things press you and and try to get a and try to trigger you into doing things. And it could be somebody close to you. Job's wife, uh, she was she was watching him suffer, and in com in a, a statement of compassion, said, "Why don't you curse God?" And and in this suffering, Job examined himself, thought about it, and, and he didn't charge God foolishly. That don't mean that the thought didn't cross his mind. There are things that cross your mind, but. He committed himself unto the Lord. And so, in you know, one of the strongest things that, that we've been in the book of Genesis, and we're still in the book of Genesis, is Hagar. Hagar did not like the way she was treated by Sarah. And Abram certainly told his wife, said, sided with her and said, hey, it's your handmaid. Do what you want to do. You know, she... And after she was dealt with harshly, maybe you, you've been dealt with harshly on the job, maybe uh, some other situation where it was very harsh, maybe it was a relationship and you were dealt with harshly, hurt. Yeah, nobody said it didn't hurt. We're not talking about not being hurt. We're not talking about uh, not feeling bad. We're not talking about not crying. We're not talking about not saying ouch 
We're not talking about those things. We're talking about the fact that it it hurt it and you wanted to leave. You want to quit the job. You want to walk away and a number of other things. But God spoke and said, don't. He told Hagar, go back. Now, cinnamon nutmeg and and everybody is trying to get the edge of the get that corner of the the pan that the peach cobbler was in that's the stuff i'm talking about but when it comes to humble pie it don't taste like that nope sorry it is it's it, but it's good for you it's good for you i've eaten humble pie and didn't like it but the results was good and, and so we're obedient we uh, in the face of opposition we obey the word of god of the word of God. Now, that doesn't mean misrepresenting the word of God. It just means that it's inexhaustible. God has more and whatever he has to say is gonna be backed up by his word too. It's not just going to be someone's opinion, someone quickening, someone, um, you know, trying to be a sign and wonder, someone putting flesh on parade. No, it's gonna be the word of God and it's gonna be backed up by his word. Now we're touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particulars. Uh, we're dealing with the universe, man, earth, spirit. You can't talk about being alive without dealing with the universe, earth, spirit. You can't do that 
without talking about the trichotomy. many um, uh, associates and loved ones, and that is none other than uh, Bishop Marnie Williams. Uh, he has, had a PhD in philosophy and biblical uh, theology. And so let's uh, remember him in prayer. Father, not him, but the family. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, and your kindness, Lord God, and for watching over and keeping us throughout this day. Lord Jesus, our hearts are saddened. Lord, at the, at the news of learning that, Lord God, Bishop White has, uh, has passed away. Lord God, and pray and ask that you remember family, remember Mother White, Lord God, remember the children, Lord God, and all of those glued when I met this, this uh, Bishop White and he preached a message, a spirit of excellence. And I've never, ever, I've never forgotten that message uh, because he talked about a young man, young man that was uh, in his teens, 
that was so dedicated to the Lord. And the Bible said that he had, a, that an excellent spirit was found in him. And he talked about how we should mirror ourselves after that individual and walk in a spirit of excellence unto the Lord. And after you'll find that in the book of Daniel. All right. Genesis 15 and 1 gives us some instructions and, and word of encouragement that I want you to really burst and hold on to. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision and said, fear, saying, fear not, Abram, for I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I want you to hold on to that because there are times that we tend to slip. We tend to forget that God is our protector and that he is our exceeding great reward. The vehicle you drive might be nice, might be comfortable. You might love it. You may have built it from scratch. You may have modern, uh, customized it to your appeal, or you may have bought it as is, but it's yours. And, you know, but your exceeding great reward is not a car. It's not a home. It's even not the spouse that, that you live with. She might be a great reward, and I'm sure she is, or he may be excellent you know um there's a song that i'm that i'm that i enjoy uh where she uh, there's a female singer and she's talking about she's going to uh to to a show tonight and really what she is singing about is appreciating her man and so that's the show she's going to make sure that he knows that that how much she appreciates. So she's going to applaud him and honor him. And, you know, and I think that's something we cannot do enough for one another. So, but God is still our shield and our exceeding great reward. So even though they may be great, just think about how much more greater God is in our lives, you know? And so, you can multiply their love, their kindness, the compassion that you have towards them uh, as well. And think about how much God is compassion toward all of us. The 17th chapter in the first verse says, and when Abram was 99, was when Abram was 90 years old and nine, so he's 99, the Lord appeared to him, appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the, the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect walk before me and be perfect and he's 99 years old which to us when we think of someone that age at this time you know we might think of them being a little maybe not moving as quickly maybe not as strong uh, maybe you know um not thinking maybe not as sharp maybe may not be the sharpest crayon in the in the box but don't fool yourself God tells Abram to walk before me and be perfect. In other words, cut out the shenanigans. So even people up in age, certain ages, are have shenanigans going on. And you got to let go of that. You got to stop the foolishness. You can't blame it on age. You certainly can't blame it on the alcohol. 
You can't blame it on, on anything else. It's us. What are we doing? And so he tells them to stop. Now, he's 99 years old. Now, God has made these promises to him all the way up to this point. We've seen the things that, that Abram and Sarah has done. And the Lord tells them it's time to stop now. It, it gets real. There comes a time where it gets real. And not that it hasn't been, but that real meaning that you need to shape up and walk right. And that's what the Lord was telling Abram to cut it all out. The, the sooner we do that, the better we feel and the more we benefit from what God has for us, not from his permissive will, but from his divine will. I'm interested in his divine will. Not his permissive will uh, gives you blessings, but that divine will. That, that divine will follows you. It, it follows you from here into eternity. And not only does it follow you from here into eternity, but it also reaches into eternity. It reaches into the future and it pulls things back into where you are right now. We'll talk about that more another day. But it reaches. It reaches into areas that you cannot reach into and returns dividends that you have not that you were not expecting to receive at this day and time in this moment you when you're in the divine will you walk into a room and 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 god and the spirit of discernment takes over and you understand what everybody's about in that room you walk into a room and god gives you knowledge that you didn't have or give you wisdom that you had not experienced before. And you and, and it just flows as if that's always been you and you. But you realize within your own self that that is the Lord uh, in that instance. That's part of his divine will where he reaches in and stirs up the gift because you're abiding in his divine will. So you've already did your part in stirring things up. Uh, you know, Paul told uh, Timothy says, stir up the gift that's in you. And you've already done that part because you, you want to be a recipient of his divine will. Genesis 19, I, I'm stopping. I, I'm not finished. I'm just stopping with that. Genesis 19, one, begin at the first verse it says, and there came two angels to Sodom at Eden. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Lot seeing them rise up, uh, rose up, excuse me. Lot seeing them rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, behold, now my lords, turn in, I pray, un, I pray into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and you shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly that they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did break unleavened bread and they did eat. 
Now, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, and you may already be aware of this, but it says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. You don't know. But some have entertained angels unaware. You, you weren't conscious of who you were. There's some things that God hide, secrets. As we read earlier in Genesis, uh, that the Lord was as him and the two servants left toward Sodom. He said, um, shall I hide this from Abram? I, I know him. I, I know that he'll command his family and, and those of his household to obey him. Uh, there are secrets that God has. There are many secrets. And, and so uh, he that dwelleth in the, in the, in with the, in the most high is going to deal. You're going to deal with his secrets. You're going to deal with secrets. Now, these were unexpected visitors. And when we talk about unexpected visitors, uh, that covers, that's a broad statement. It's really a, it's not narrow because we have a lot of unexpected visitors. We can, from the embodiment, which is what Lot was dealing with, the angelic, the angelic beings, and in no wise was this uh, a, a trinity. This was the uh, two servants unto the Lord. Now the Lord stayed back with Abram and, and Abram, Abraham acknowledged him, shall the Lord uh, or the judge of all the earth, uh, God, sovereign, sovereign. There's no God beside him. And the, uh, he plainly testifies that many times in the scripture. If there is another God, I don't know him. There's no other gods. And, and so and we're talking about in his presence, talking about near him, talking about equal to him. You know, when you get into a Trinitarian doctrine, you're getting into an area where people uh, believe in God. But they believe that. The Holy Ghost is God and Jesus is God. And they all agree and act as one. So you have three different individuals that are all in collaboration, all on one accord. But that's not what the Bible presents. And Israel, uh, not just Israel, but we're right now, we're not even talking about Israel because Israel is not born yet. We're just dealing with Abram, who was a, or Abraham, who was a Gentile, and he believes, and he came from believing from a polytheistic view in worshiping other gods to worshiping in a monotheistic uh, view of God, one God. And, and so, unexpected visitors could be, uh, it could be a sickness. You, you didn't expect to get sick. It could be a change. In employment, it could be a change in relationship. It could be a change in many other areas, and that change could be good. It could be devastating. But understand that uh, the Lord is your shield and your exceeding great reward. And you know, if you you've lived a little while, then you've had some unexpected visitations. You've dealt with some things. You bump, you know, bumped into somebody that you really wish you would not have bumped into, you know, so to speak. And so we deal with things that unexpectedly happen. I've dealt with things that I didn't expect to happen. And you question yourself, how did I get here? What happened? You know, and it has a lasting impact on you. 
as you deal with them. Some things have a short impact. Other things uh, may last you for some years uh, before you actually um, are able to move and even for it to become a testimony because it is a process. It's a process. And so uh, this is the Bible class. Uh, it's, it's like a Sunday school. Uh, both uh, Sunday school and Bible class are teaching uh, our teaching environment. So I want to encourage you to ask questions. Uh, don't let the minister get away until they answer questions that you have. You know, and it don't mean that ministers know everything. It don't mean that they're going to have an answer for everything. You, you have, do have to give people space to research and to pray about something that they may not have an answer. So because no one knows everything, I, I certainly don't. But we are on assignment and our assignment is to for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the statue of the man Christ Jesus. And you'll find that in the book of Ephesians. The Bible tells the minister to be apt to teach. So for those ministers that say, well, I don't know how to teach. I got to preach it. No, you need to slow it down and and teach. As the Bible said, you should be ready to teach. Uh, there comes a time that you have to explain it. You can't just always um, try to run with it. That's that's emo that becomes emotionalism. And when you have work, you ain't preaching. You're, you're actually. Doing the job in a method following a certain method so that everybody understand what is happening and how it works. Well, it's the same when it comes to the word of God. So I often ask if there are any questions after, even after Sunday morning, I told the church, I said, you know, when we reach a certain, a certain size, I won't be able to do that. Or if I ask a question, um, then it's going to be up to the ministers to really answer that question for those that, that are seeking an answer. But as of right now, I do ask if they are questioning. Now, when I say that when the church reaches a certain size, I, I mean when we reach into that area where we just can't do that, then we, we won't. But as of this moment, I feel comfortable and, and I like doing that. Um, we've taken the entire service and just had a question and answer moment and people were educated and learned what they needed. Teenagers have asked questions as far as being saved and having the Holy Ghost and baptism and why they've answered questions about being ready um, uh, to meet the Lord. And so, uh, Maybe you heard something or thought about it later after listening to the broadcast or something and, you know, write it down and send it to us at connectingtruth.org. That is connectingtruth.org. And your question will be answered, you know, but if not, ask your minister, wherever your fellowship is at, ask your minister. They should not get offended by you asking questions. Bible trivia is one of those things that causes the minister to grow, too. And it helped you grow as well. Now, my first question is, how did Lot know these men were or who these men were or did he even know? Now, remember, Lot was the nephew of Abraham. Name has been changed from Abram to Abraham. And Genesis, I love this part where this introduction of Sarah here, where it says, but Sarah was bearing, she had no child. Now, this is... I like this uh, exposure uh, because uh, it's very personal to me. 
It's a very personal statement. It has a lot of weight uh, to it uh, for personal reasons. And the Lord exposes something that Sarah was barren and had no child. She was in a situation, a personal situation, uh, where she wanted to please her husband by bringing forth a child and it wasn't happening. And so there was nothing wrong with him biologically. There was nothing wrong with her biologically that, that we are aware of that the scripture, but it just wasn't happening no matter how much they tried. I don't know if they tried the rhythm method and they tried, they tried eating certain fruits for stimuli, drinking certain waters. I don't know. The Bible don't tell us that, but it does say she was barren and had no child. Ministers, pastors, if you, I think you might be able to understand what I'm saying, that when you find yourself in a situation where you have a certain expectation and you're looking for that manifestation and it doesn't occur immediately, don't stop. You find yourself in, a, in the same situation as Sarah, that she was barren, she was the wife but yet she was barren and had no child. We'll come back to that another day. The 30th verse says, and Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his wife, Abram's wife, and they went with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go in, into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. Now, the next chapter, um, the 12th verse, beginning at the first verse, 12th chapter, beginning at the first verse, said, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindreds, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. So the Lord is, is, is speaking to Abram, who has been... I don't know it, how much it may have shocked him since he was a worshiper of multiple gods, but now here he hears a voice. He has a visitation, uh, unexpected visitation uh, from the Lord telling him to get out of the land and uh, among the people that he's with. We have to separate from many different things when God call us so that we could be focused on what he is about to show us. And he tells him, I'm gonna make you a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curse thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now you can understand and highlight this, that third verse of the 12th chapter of how God speaks to Abraham that he would be blessed. If Pharaoh was here, he would testify or he would say amen because he blessed Abram after Abram, Abram had told him, told his ministers, his servants, that Sarah was his sister because he feared for his life. And that he didn't think about what God had told him, to, that I'll curse them that, that curse thee. Uh, and so he didn't think about that. And so he did what he thought he needed to do to spare his own life at that moment. And when Pharaoh, when the king found out uh, because God dealt with them, he returned Sarah to him and said, man, why didn't you tell me 
This is your wife. And he blessed him. And I believe that because he blessed him, that he also was the recipient of multiple of blessings as well, because the word of God already proclaimed it. It's not that he had to pray about it, not that he even knew about it. But he was a recipient because God blessed, told Abram that if someone bless you, I'm going to bless them also. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and went and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran and he took Sarah, his wife and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gathered in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of the Canaan and into the land of, of Canaan they came. Now, Abram was 75, Sarah was 65. Uh, at the, about this time. And so the Bible, uh, now, if you recall, uh, there was a dispute that was going on between Abram and, and Lot's servants. And Abram, uh, Abraham told Lot, listen, you know, we're not going to have this. We're not going to be walking around arguing. Uh, your people are not going to be arguing with my people. We, we gonna, we're not going to do that. And, and so uh, if you look to the right and you love the land over there, go. And I'll go the opposite way and, and vice versa. If you look to the to the left, uh, I'll I'll go to the right. I'm giving you first choice. I'll take whatever is left over and not 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 a problem with me. And so sometimes yielding to someone else is best. You know, sometimes we may not want to, but but you, you yield. You go ahead and give in and give in with some joy. Be happy about what you're doing. And you see, after Lot made his choice, God assured, he reassured Abram again. Now, the 13th uh, chapter of Genesis, the 14th verse, and uh, it says, And the Lord said unto Abram, uh, after that Lot had separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which thou seest. So even the land in which Lot had selected to go into, God had even, even pointed that out. And I'm gonna give to I'm gonna give it to you. And to see your seed and thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then thy seed also shall be numbered. Uh, arise and walk through the land and the length of it and breath of it for I will give it. Now, let's just take this here, this particular walk through the land, the length of it, the breadth of it, and for I will give it unto thee, is that, you know, when there's something that you're looking for, you know that God has, has given you um, something, or maybe you've been praying about something, then you're going to have to walk in it. You're going to have to walk through it. You're going to have to walk in the breath of it and expect God to give it to you. You're going to prepare for what you've asked God for. If it's his will, you're preparing for it is not out of his will. Preparation precedes a blessing. He was told to walk through the land. Take a good look at it. Get what I'm saying. Take a good look at what you want. Well, no, no. I mean, Abram, there was people that was occupying all these this area that he was that he was considering and he was looking at. There was there was people, there was occupants there. 
But God told him to walk through the land and, and the breadth of it and the length of it. I'm going to give it to you. So someone may be occupying what God's going to give to you already. They're just a, a bookmark. They're just holding a spot for you. All right. You have to be ready. And don't be found getting ready. Be ready. Now, God knows and understand that we need reassurance. Abram was consistently being reaffirmed by God, just like in all relationships. Relationships, you don't just tell the person that you're with, I love you. You know, y'all just met, and, you know, uh, I love you. <laughs> and you don't tell them no more. You know, here it is, it's been a year later, and you haven't said nothing about um, caring for them in that special way or anything like, well, we just don't talk like that. You talked like it before. There was something that you talked about. There was something that was charming. There was something that was um, that was intriguing. There was something that was enticing that you did before. So why aren't you doing it now? And if you are doing it, then don't stop. Applaud. Pat yourself on the back. Uh, give her uh, something uh, just because, because she is doing it. And give him a just because, be, because he still do it, you know. You can't tell someone and treat someone with an intimate, intimate way. And then after you uh, have them, then all of that stops. It never stopped with the Lord. He was constantly reassuring um, Abram and uh, reaffirmed him. The 12th uh, chapter, uh, what the Lord told him, I'll make you a great nation. Now I'm going to bless thee and I'm going to make thy name great. And then you're going to be a blessing and I'm going to bless them that bless you and, and curse them. And everyone is going to be blessed because of you. The Lord kept telling him that, made sure he knew that. Well, the Bible tells us in that 13th chapter, it said, Lot lifts up his eyes and behold, uh, the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered. and It looked very good uh, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So it didn't look that look good afterwards, but, but before it looked it great. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest out of Zorah. So this land, this particular area was really nice. It was really nice. Then, but uh, let me go on here. I don't want to go ahead of myself. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed eastward and they separated themselves one from another. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. They were wicked. They were, they were out of control. The men and women of Sodom were highly offensive unto the Lord. They were offensive. There was a lack of consciousness toward God. Uh, there was moral and social acceptance of a number of things. Now, uh, the Bible, uh, not the Bible, but we hear these things even today. Now, I don't know if you've heard them, but, you know, as I was looking and listening, you know, they were acceptable. They accepted certain things. You know, here's a statements. Here's a few statements of things that our people have accepted and say. 
uh, it is revolutionary for any trans person to choose to be seen and visible in a world that tells us we should not exist. Another statement says, do not allow people to dim your shine because they are blind. Tell them to put on some sunglasses because we are born this way. Now, I'm not specifically speaking about uh, people's choice of what they want to do as much as I'm talking about the excuses and the statements that people make when they're doing it and throwing off on other people. There was not a magic day. There will not be a magic day when we wake up and it is okay to express ourselves publicly. We make that day by doing things publicly until it is simply the way things are. So uh, people want to take their sins. And when I say sins, I mean all sins, whatever sin it is. And they want to keep doing it until it becomes the norm. There is no new norm. It is just the norm. That's what they want it to be. And, and so people say today, I want my gay rights. I want it now. Another is I believe that marriage isn't between man and a woman, but love and love. And I, a friend of mine, a coworker, um, and we used to have this conversation talking about this particular statement, love and love. And, you know, um, and the things that he was involved in, never beat him up, never bashed him, never uh, hammered him or anything. We had an intelligent conversation about things and how um, and and what the word of God says, you know, we have to be careful what we do. First of all, that and what we do, we should always season our grace, season our words with grace. And, and so, you know, and also remember where you came from. Remember what you was doing. Remember how you acted. And some of us may have felt similar uh, to their expression. We, that doesn't mean that we were doing the same thing. But it, but we were doing something that was offensive unto the Lord. Gender is between your ears and not between your legs. Now, when we're free to love anyone we choose, when the world is big enough for all different views, when we all worship on our own kind of pew, then we shall be free. Now, I've heard these statements from people that are uh, setting right in churches. I'm going I'm to do what I want to do. I'm going to worship the way I want to worship. You know, don't. Now, I've heard people say, I'm going to do me, boo. I've heard people say a number of things. Now, it's important to understand a person's view be, because whatever is in their mind is the reality. Now, remember, I just made read a statement here. Gender is between your ears and not between your legs. That is in their mind, that is their reality. Uh, whatever a person thinks, no matter who it is, no matter what they're thinking about. I was dealing with a, a adulterous situation where the reality in this woman's mind was so scarred in that moment of what she was trying to have her cake and eat it too. That was her reality. So no matter what you said that made sense, 
no matter how you explain to her that she was being used and she had got caught up into something that's not going to end well, in that moment, she didn't care. Now, when it was all over, she cared. But in that instance, that reality that she was dealing with was her reality. And that was what she was sticking with in that moment. When that reality was over, it was painful. Listen, as it is with so many other situations. Now, many suffer, many suffer, you know, meaning all of us have experienced or know what someone else has experienced in the reality um, of their world, that it was real to them, but not to others. We all deal with certain realities and, you know, but until we get to the truth, until we are enlightened, until we accept the light, then we are stuck in a certain mindset. And then when the reality, when the lights come on and we accept it, then we start to move forward. In that moment, we're stagnated. We're stuck. We're stuck. You know, if it's not for the grace of God, we're stuck. And thank God for his grace. Thank God for him and enlightening us. And, you know, and so many just remember that whatever is in a person's mind, that is their reality. As a result of emotional, mental, real delusion, uh, people begin to self-sedate. Watch people, talk to them. People self-sedate for a number of reasons. Now, if you ever self-sedated, you know what I mean. You know that, uh, that there was a traumatic event. There was a disorder. There was some kind of genetic disposition that, you, that you're trying to deal with. Um, uh, maybe a sexual, gender issues and you know, hooked on what started out as a, as medicinal, but it was, it made self feel good and it altered the pain. But at the same time, as the season went on, it created more pain too. It may have started out good. I knew a lot of people that played what we call rug doctor, you know, back during the, where there was uh, that particular chemical warfare that I grew up in, uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of people playing rug doctor. There was a lot of people that suffered the pain uh, because they wanted to alter reality. And then they had to pay a price physically. They paid a price emotionally. They paid a price for it. And some people broke and it takes God to fix a broken person. It takes God, not you as an individual. It takes God to help people when they break. There is a pain. And if you ever try to mask that pain, the, the mask becomes, can even be a, become a permanent fix. And you're trying to get it off, but it won't, it's not going to pull off of you easily. Now, if you ever watched that movie uh, with, um, Jim Carrey, where he was the mask, then then you know that pulling that mask off, and that was a comical movie. But it, it, there's a reality that deal there, uh, because after a while, that mask becomes a reality. Uh, there are, are times we face we're faced with the unexpected, and we might want to put on a mask, but we can't. Lot was about to deal with the unexpected, something that he had not. When he looked over across the plains of Jordan and saw how wonderful 
that land, the environment out there looked, he immediately chose it, but he didn't know what to expect next. Maybe you looked over someone or something. Maybe you looked over uh, a certain environment or maybe it was an individual or maybe it was an object. It looked good. And, and so according to your book, they had it going on. It, it was everything you wanted. Uh, you checked you checked all the marks off in your book and even a few boxes that was that was presented later. You were told to wait. But you just couldn't wait. You know, you, you ever been there where you were told not to and, and you just had to do it. And so it it, it kind of crunches, it crushes the moment when you're told to wait and you you had expectations. It was all looking good. Everything was set up for you. It crushes the moment and the momentum. It's a real bummer, man. You know, it takes your high of whatever you're feeling. It, it knocks the wind out your sail. Now, it's not good to ignore the boxes that are highlighted in those boxes that have red ink around it, what we call red flags. I can talk about red flags and, and ignoring them and, and what it and what it happened and what happens. And I believe you can, too, especially, you know, and we try to tell you, try to tell your children and stuff like that about red flags and different things. But in that moment, you remember, you you said, I cannot wait. I can't I can't hold back. I, I got to do this. You know, you, you staggered in, in the moment when you were told to wait. But then later on, you're like, hey, no, nah, I'm, I'm going after this. You know, you kick things back in the gear and you went for it. But today you realize more now uh, what happened. You realize more now and understand things a lot clearer. You suffer some things that, you know, and you learn by the things you suffer. And, and so you've learned more than what I've even expressed in your own, in your own world. And surely um, we want to get close and stay close and chain and, and locked and, you know, some things we want to stay behind locked doors with and we want to uh, we've tossed the key away and we want the door of those secrets to stay welded shut. And they should. There's some things we just should not talk about that got us in trouble. So no one ever I never wanted my sons and daughters to feel like, well, dad, look at you. You're doing well now, you know, because everyone that 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 tries the same thing that you tried may not rebound. They may not come back from it. And, and so it's important that, you know, now I, I will unlock the door and tell and share certain things with people and counseling or different things so that they can know there's a way out. But other than that, I keep things very close and and, and on a need to know basis. And you better know you really have to need to know <laughs> in order to get certain information uh, that is um, going to help you in your walk with Christ. Now, unfortunately, social media and and coupled with our own stupidity, our own ignorance that we express, uh, people don't keep secrets well because they they socialize everything. They they want to make sure that they show everything to everybody instead of keeping things in a certain place. You know, so would Lot have moved to the region? Would he have moved across Jordan over to that area? Uh, had he seen uh, seen Sodom and Gomorrah on social media? 
Uh, I think that he's, he knew enough about the city. And this is just my personal view that when he got close enough and he heard, you know, he heard rumors about certain things. They talked about stuff, news travels. Now, remember, there's nothing mentioned about the city's infrastructure. And that does talk about it being looking good, but, you know, and, and everything. But it, it doesn't gives us, give us a whole lot. It gives us enough. It gives us enough to paint a picture of how beautiful it was. But when you get down into the city and the infrastructure of how things were set up, it, it became a little different. It became a little different. And so Lot was uh, like, for him and for others, you know, it may have been like Tinseltown, America. It may have been like Atlanta. It may have been like Hong Kong. It may have been like New York or urban Europe. It may have been like a number of things. The Bible tells us the 19th chapter where we started, it said, and there came two angels of to Sodom at evening and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom and Lot seeing them rose up to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, behold, now my Lord's turn in, I pray unto your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and you shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, no, he said, nay, but we will abide in the streets all night. And he passed and he pressed upon them greatly that they should turn in unto him and enter into his house. And they made them a feast and did break unleavened bread and they did eat. Now it's interesting because we read several times about the Lord and about angelic beings eating, eating food, you know? So um, we want, we, we're coming to a close. We're not going to talk about that this evening, but something for you to think about. And as I said earlier, go and ask the ministers. Ask the ministers of your church uh, about certain things, uh, you know, have a conversation of the word of God. It said, as he said at the gate, this is now the gate is a place where the wise men or the judges set. Uh, they occupied a space at the gate. They sat there. They, they were also watchmen uh, that was at the gate. And when they saw what was coming, then they could warn people or someone came and asked a question, then they could uh, converse. I have a discussion about what's going on. And so this was done at the gate. This was done at the gate. And, and you'll find that in Deuteronomy 16th uh, chapter itself. And so uh, Lot now knows and understands the condition of his environment. And so he entreats them to come in, to, to dine with him, stay with him. And, you know, don't just be hanging out. Now, some of us know about hanging out. Hanging out is not a good thing. You know, we hung out because we was hoping to make new friends. We hung out because we were about to get busy uh, doing a number of things that we probably should not have been doing, regardless if it was Thursday night, uh, Friday night, Saturday night. You know, there were some things that we just not have, should not have been hanging out. And a lot understood hanging out uh, in the evening was not going to be a good thing. And so he encouraged them to come in and he pressed upon them. He influenced them that they should come into the house and he made them and he was hospitable. And remember, we need to be hospitable because the Bible said that many have entertained angels unaware. And so as we consider Lot in his environment, Lot is we don't hear much about the Lord speaking to Lot. 
we hear the Lord speaking to Abram, but Lot was nearby. He wasn't with Abram when the Lord spoke with him. The Bible doesn't tell us that, but he was nearby and he may have been exposed to Lot talking, excuse me, to Abram talking about things that God was going to do, or maybe Abram meditated those things in his heart. And we have to be careful when that when the Lord reveals or talk to us about things that we don't uh, be so willy-nilly to talk about it with everyone. Some things you're going to have to meditate on. Some things you're going to have to just keep quiet and think about it as God is dealing with you on it. And so, um, and be prayerful uh, because we do deal with principalities and powers in high places. And so, and so we have to be careful because those things uh, are listening, uh, they're hearing, and they will do their best to try to stop what, what, well, they can't stop what God's will is. But what can happen is that we could get outside of God's will. And that's what we have to be careful about. Don't allow yourself to be drawn out of God's will. Remember, his permissive will is uh, many people are blessed of his permissive will, but they don't know nothing about his divine will. You want his divine will. Lot is about to find out some things that he never expected to happen. He's about to understand some things, and we're going to understand some things about Lot, too. Uh, with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this this hour of, of time that you have given us to, to look at your word. Lord God, keep your word stirred in our heart that we don't sin against you. Lord God, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for, uh, for blessing us throughout this day, Lord God. And I ask that you would bless each one that is under the sound of my voice, Lord God, and each one that is listening and that, those that will be listening later. Lord God, as they rise up, Lord God, maybe they're about to lay down or maybe they're in the middle of their day. Ask that you would bless them in the name of Jesus. Keep them, Lord God, with their, uh, in perfect peace. You said if our mind stays on you, that you'll keep us in, uh, in peace, Lord God. And so I pray your peace upon your people. Pray that you would bless those, Lord God, as they go to work. Help them to be productive. Bless them. Increase them, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we'll be careful to give your name the praise and the glory in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you.